steel as a material provides uh, 25 times greater strength to weight ratio, which means pound for pound, steel is 25 times as strong. You're looking at about a net gain of 10 times the strength in steel framing. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and today we are featuring my conversation with Zach Siegler from Volstruct. Now, if you haven't heard of Volstruct, they are a company doing really big things in the tiny space. They actually are able to print a tiny house frame out of metal precisely to your design and ship it to you as a panelized set of walls. And we're going to get into all of that. But what I wanted to have Zach on the show to talk about, and he did a great job, is just talking about the benefits and the disadvantages of using a metal framing product. You're seeing a lot of tiny houses now that are framed in metal. So I think this is a really important interview for anyone who is considering a movable tiny house. That way you have all the information you need to weigh metal framing versus wood framing versus sips. And you all know that I absolutely love hearing from you. So I wanted to give a shout out to Sainara ZLMP, who left the show a review in Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And that review says, Ethan asks the questions we are all wanting to ask of his expert guests. This show is helping me with the start of my own tiny house journey as I begin downsizing for my retirement and exploring my possibilities. Lots of crucial information you need if you're considering tiny house living. Thanks for all that you do for us, Ethan. Well, that totally made my day. Thank you so much. And if you want a shout out, leave me a review in Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and I just might read it here on the show. At the end of the episode, I'll tell you about my comprehensive tiny house design and planning resource called Tiny House Decisions and share a coupon code. Your purchase of Tiny House Decisions will help you plan and build your tiny house faster and will also help me produce more episodes of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. Now, let's hear from Zach Siegler. All right, welcome to the show. Uh, Having spent the last three years involved in the structural decisions made when building a mobile tiny house, Zach Siegler and his team at Volstruct are the specialists when it comes to laser-precise industrial-strength framing solutions combined with lightning-fast installation. Uh, So welcome, Zach Siegler, to the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And You know, we met at the Georgia Tiny House Festival. You might not remember because I'm sure you just had an onslaught of people and questions all weekend, but we stood in front of a beautifully framed uh, tiny house on wheels and I just fired questions at you and you you were awesome about it. You just answered all my questions so patiently. So I'm excited to to have you do that here for for all the listeners of the show. Yeah, absolutely. It was that and then had a good little party that night. It was it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we could just start um, with explaining what metal framing even is. Like, so for somebody who's maybe has no idea that you could even frame a tiny house or a house in general from metal, you know, what what are metal studs? What do they look like? How do they work? 
Yeah, definitely. So there's a, a few different ideas around steel framing. Um, when some people think of steel framing, they think of the red iron that you'll see inside of big warehouse buildings or um, on structures that are, you know, high rises and things like that. But what we're focused on today is going to be light gauge steel framing. So this is material that's usually thinner than 16 gauge, sometimes thinner than it's a little bit thicker at times, but ultimately it's lighter gauge and it's bent into a C channel shape that resembles a normal nominal stud, like a two by four or a two by six. Um, but it's made with sheet metal that's bent into that shape. Okay, so basically they, they kind of look like wooden studs, except they're hollow and they're, they're shaped like a C instead of a, a rectangle. Right, exactly, exactly. So in my research and what I've observed of the tiny house movement, there's kind of three main building modalities, and there's, there's stick-framed, so that's with wood. There are SIPs which are the structural insulated panels, and then there is steel. And so I was curious if we could maybe start with, um, you know, steel versus sticks, and what are sure. the benefits of, of steel frame versus wood frame? Definitely. Um, especially when focused on a tiny house on wheels, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is going to be a weight difference. Um, mo- both, both the wood frame and a steel frame are going to be built very similarly. You're usually going to be putting, you know, 16 inch on center or 24 inch on center uh, studs to allow for your sheet material and things like that. And then you're insulating the channel inside of that three and a half inch cavity. Sometimes it's a five and a half inch cavity, but the way that the stud is built, um, the stud wall is built, you actually have space to insulate. So both of them are very similar in that regard. Um, you know, you'll look at them and the main difference that to the naked eye is going to be one is a shiny steel. The other one is a wood, but they look very similar as far as their makeup and what's involved. Um, now, like I mentioned earlier, the, one of the biggest differences is going to be weight. Uh, because wood is a solid product, it's a solid two by four rectangle. It's taking up all of that space with material. So it's a, it's a heavier product just in general based on that alone, because a steel stud is going to be a thin sheet of metal bent into that same shape. So it's mostly hollow space. So when you're talking about comparing steel to wood for weight, um, you're looking at somewhere between anywhere from 40 to 60% lighter weight using the steel framing. Uh, and that's all that variation just depends on the complexity of the structure. Now, is that um, the overall weight or just the weight of the framing? That's the, that's the weight of the framing. Yeah. Yeah. So just the framing, um, obviously every component of your build has weight attached to it. So, um, you know, knowing the, the final weight of your structure, your frame or the final weight of your entire build, your frame is only one small part of that. So it, it, one of the things we always say to kind of keep focus on is make sure that just like you're budgeting your, your money and your time, uh, really also consider budgeting your weight. Because in a tiny house, you are governed by the weight of the the weight rating of the trailer, and not only is the frame going to save, but you know you may be able to save on using this type of countertop instead of that kind of countertop or things like that. Um, but definitely, yeah, weight is going to be first um, kind of biggest hint there. Uh, second to that, we're talking about a non-organic material, so the standards of its straightness and its precision are going to be a lot higher than a wood material. 
I don't know if you've recently been to Home Depot just for a backyard project or to buy a couple studs just to do something, but you can spend hours thumbing through the studs to find one or two good, high quality, straight pieces of wood. Um, whereas the steel is going to be straight and perfect and weigh the same every single time. And regardless if it's a humid climate or not so humid climate, the steel is going to be the same. Um, it's not affected by weather that same way. Um, another thing to consider when you're talking about the specific differences between steel versus wood is going to be strength. Um, so a steel as a material provides uh, 25 times greater strength to weight ratio, which means pound for pound steel is 25 times as strong. Um, but if we kind of back that math out to consider that they aren't pound for pound because a steel frame is much lighter weight, you're looking at about a net gain of 10 times the strength in steel framing um, because it's a stronger material and there's obviously there's less of it so it doesn't go all the way to 25 percent but it is or 25 times sorry but um, it is a lot stronger so that plus the design methodology that Volstruct employs allows for a much stronger much safer structure um, and then you know to, to go back and talk about again how it is very similar to wood framing the, the great thing about it is that you can use, for the most part, the same materials you would use with your wood frame. So, you know, your drywall attaches the same, your, uh, your, your sheet materials attach the same, insulation is very similar. You just plug up the channel, um, and it's all very, very similar. So for someone who's familiar with wood framing, it's not too much of a difference. The only difference may be that you may have to transition from using a nail gun to a screw, screw gun. Okay, so when you sheathe a structure that was framed from from metal studs, you are using you know an OSB or a, a plywood sheathing product, and you're just screwing it onto those studs, just like you'd be nailing it onto the the wood studs of a tiny house. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and you know, we we've also always talked about how even if you are doing it out of wood on a tiny house, especially one that's going down the road, it's really a wise consideration to, con to think about always screwing, um, you know, realistically glue and screw everything you do instead of using nails. But in steel framing, that is the way that is simply the way that it's done is using screws. Right. And I know there's a great debate on the screws versus nails. Cause I know that uh, people who do use screws oftentimes will just use, you know, a box of deck screws that have a lot of, of uh, tensile strength, but not a lot of shear strength. Is there any considerations when you're screwing into the metal studs? Will any screws do, or are there special ones? No, there's definitely special screws for every... So just like, just like anything, right? There's, there are so many different screws out there for different purposes um, that even going building a Volstruck frame, you're going to use probably eight different types of screws for various parts of the build. Um, so there are specific screws for sheathing that do provide more shear strength. Um, you know, that argument, the, the long, the long winded argument that we hear a lot is how nails have always provided more shear than screws, which yep. to a point has been true. Um, but with late, like later techniques and things that have come out now that that's a very negligible change. And screws, because they provide more pull-out strength, are actually looked at as the regarded method of fastening. Great. So when it comes to insulation, um, are there benefits for metal 
frames. I'm envisioning the insulation, especially if you're spray foaming, that that foam is actually able to go inside of those C-shaped channels. So is a is a wall framed in metal uh, have a higher R value to an identical wall framed in wood? That's a that's a good question. You know, it can be you can paint the picture a few different ways. Um, I will say that there are some difficulties with the steel framing because of the channels. Um, you know, especially in places where there's really tight trusses or systems where there's multiple angled pieces that are very close together. Um, shoving in like that insulation and cutting out pieces that fit right in there is a little more difficult. Um, and, and you know, you, you will have some experience with kind of doing that, but you, you could argue that there's more opportunity for insulation in the cavity than there would be in a wood frame because you have all the space inside of those channels. So you do, you could argue that there's more insulation R value available inside of a wall channel of a steel frame. Now, the other thing to touch on in insulation is going to be thermal bridging. Um, you know, if, if you're not familiar with what thermal bridging is, that is the potential for energy to transfer through your steel frame uh, to the inside of the house because it may not have any kind of break to stop the energy from the outside to transfer to the inside, which, you know, when you think about it in a tiny house, insulation is a big hot topic, but realistically, it doesn't take much to heat or cool a space that small. Um, but what you really want to make sure you're focused on is the potential for, for condensation happening inside of your walls. So with that being said, uh, the simple fix for, for thermal bridging is going to be a continuous insulation layer on the exterior of the house. A lot of products come with this kind of already integrated into it. A lot of sheet material products. Um, the one that's most, most well-known is going to be the zip system. Zip system has an R sheathing that provides a half inch of foam on the back of it. So you already off the bat get an R3 insulation value as well as providing that break in the thermal transfer, um, which can stop any potential temperature changes from the ex exterior and the interior where there could be potential condensation. Great. Yeah. And I, I also endorse those zip products. I sheathed my tiny house with just the standard zip system. Um, but a couple years later, when I, when I saw those zip R panels, I knew that if I ever did it again, I would certainly use those uh, just because of all the thermal bridging. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that some people don't realize when they, you know, ask us about thermal bridging is that it's just as, as much of an issue in wood. Now, of course, wood is a little bit less uh, conductive, but it's still, if you take a thermal like an infrared camera to an uh, external wall, you'll notice that the most red is going to be concentrated on those studs because they're still transferring energy inside of the wall. Um, and so it's, it's really even, it's becoming more and more of a standard on residential builds to actually put exterior, what's called outsolation, would be an exterior insulation um, so that you're not actually using the cavity as much. And that's, that's definitely gaining steam. Cool. So it sounds like in the metal framing versus wood framing, you know, metal has certainly the advantage on weight and strength and potentially the advantage on insulation, but that depends on, on your sheathing choices. Let's talk about SIPs because for those who don't know, SIPs are the structural insulated panels. And I feel like for those, they don't have an advantage 
on weight versus a standard frame. They they weigh about the same or even a little more. But they they do have superior insulation. So let's talk about metal versus sips. Where do you, you know, how do you sell metal versus sips? Definitely. So sips is a very broad category, right? So there are there are companies out there doing sips that don't even come close to resembling a different company doing a sip. Um, so it depends on the manufacturer, I would say. So you really do want to make sure that if you're exploring the SIPs, there's, you know, it's a reputable company. Um, but all that being said, the SIPs that I'm familiar with, there's two different kinds that I've seen uh, majority. One is simply a piece of wood sheathing with a bunch of foam compressed in between it and then another piece of sheathing on the exterior, kind of this, this foam sandwich. Um, and then those are basically all of the holes and openings and your wiring chases are all prefabricated at a factory somewhere and delivered to you that way. Uh, the other kind is going to be, there are some steel sips out there. Um, there's some, some pretty cool ones, you know, you'll see them, but what you'll notice is that they're, they're great for, for kind of that mass production ability where you know that you're going to do a hundred little boxes that are very similar and you can put them together. Um, but when it comes back to the, the normal materials for building construction um, and maybe if you have to rerun a wire chase or something like that, you have a lot of difficulties with the SIP because it's all already integrated into one. And so any changes are a ripple effect through multiple layers of, of what, you know, it's all already been done once. So anything you change has to change all of those different things that have been applied. So that's your openings, your, your structure um, and insulation for being able to, run your wires through, um, if they don't provide you that hole already, well, then you have to use like a hot knife or something like that to actually cut through the material to get another wiring chase through. Um, that versus a steel frame. So a steel frame is not going to provide the insulation off the bat. So a SIP is interesting because it's unique in the fact that it's providing you the structure as well as the insulation all in one. Um, a steel frame is going to be a lot more similar to a traditional building method, which means there's more resources out there for it. Um, you know, people that are familiar with wood should be able to transition to the steel pretty easily. And, you know, wiring and, and openings and things like that, those are all within the wheelhouse of someone who's dealt with a framing of some sort before. So if you had to move a window or move a door while you're on site, you know, those things can be done. Though, of course, yeah, cutting into steel is never any fun just because that means it's not the exact thing that was designed. Um, it still can be done with no real issue. You just support the opening that you've created and uh, plug in your windows. Um, and, the, and the plumbing and wiring chases are all, you get predefined ones through the Volstruck system, but if you needed to create another one, it's as simple as popping a hole through a stud here or a stud there where you need it and then dropping a little plastic grommet to protect the wire from any abrasion. Nice. So it sounds like there's there's a bit more flexibility in a metal frame versus SIPs. And I've definitely seen examples of people having to, you know, use a hot ball bearing to plow channels through their SIPs for wiring chases. And uh, I, I agree that there's some some inflexibility there that that you definitely gain back with the metal. Right. Most of us grow up in stick framed houses. And so we know that if we want to hang a shelf or something heavy on the wall, we need to find a stud. So that way we can, you know, sink our our fasteners into a stud versus just the drywall, which doesn't really have much strength. 
I'm curious in a in a metal framed house, how how does that work? Do you do the same thing? You find a stud, or or how do you hang things inside? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, you know, you could well one thing that's cool, and I haven't fully tested this theory, but I imagine with a strong enough magnet it can be done. You can find your studs with just a magnet, right? Because they're steel. So um, if you've got the strong enough magnet, it should be no problem to find a stud. But then when you actually go to hang, like let's say you're hanging a really big, expensive, heavy mirror, um, it, it would be wise to use screws instead of nails, but you would screw directly into a stud. The cool thing about the steel with its tensile strength is that after three pitches of the screw, as long as you're using the right kind of screws, so after you've gotten three pitches sunk into that steel frame, you've actually got a complete connection. And um, the pullout strength is is pretty impressive. Um, you know, to the magnitude of hundreds of pounds, uh, which is, you know, it's a lot easier to pull out a nail um, than a screw, especially in the steel frame. You know, if you, they, they do make pins for steel frame, but again, pull out is a big issue. So yeah, I would, I would say find a stud with like a magnet and then drill a, a sharp point screw through the material and that should hang it. Fantastic. And I love that being able to find your studs with just a magnet that I hadn't even thought of that, but I, I love that concept. Yeah. So um, I have some more questions about the interaction between the frame of your house and the trailer. And we I know we might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because I want to definitely talk about uh, Volstruck's design methodology and your building system. Um, but keeping it more generic at this point, you know, is there anything special that you need to do with your trailer if you're going to be using metal frames? Like, do you need to buy a special trailer or can any tiny house trailer, in theory, have a metal framed house put on it? That's a great question. Um, and we see this a lot. So being that we're kind of a supplier to the industry, we've we've had a lot of experience seeing multiple different um, trailers. We've probably seen the majority of the names that people are familiar with. Uh, that being said, there are pros and cons to every single trailer. There is no one perfect trailer from our experience. That uh, again, um, keeping in mind the attachment details specifically, there's definitely easier ways to do it, and there are harder ways to do it. Um, the easiest way to do it would be finding a trailer that allows for a perimeter. So, you know, tiny house trailers, uh, quick an anatomy of a trailer. You've got, you know, your fender wells, which are going to be kind of the main thing that gets in the way of your structural design, uh, because you can't really build a window where there's or a door where there's a wheel well, unless you want to raise the entry level. Um, and then the road width and, and length, obviously. So, let's say you've got an eight by 20 trailer. Well, we want that eight feet by 20 foot perimeter. We want the inner four inches or three and a half inches to be a completely solid flat plate of material that you can drill through. Um, a lot of trailers are going to be using something like a big heavy C channel flipped on its side where you only get about two inches of material before you lay your, so sorry to back that up a little bit more you put your trailer there and then you're going to add your decking material on top of it. Um, but let's consider that the decking material is see-through for the purposes of this exercise. You see this C channel that um, is on its side may only have two inches. So 
if you have a three and a half inch stud that sits on the outside perimeter of that two inches, it's tough to find a center point that can be drilled through and get a big enough hole to hold a bolt down and actually anchor everything down to the foundation. Um, so an ideal scenario would be that the entire perimeter has about three and a half to four inches of, of continuous material that can be drilled through and accessed from underneath. So you can actually set a bolt and tighten it down onto the trailer. Um, there are trailers that come standard with threaded rod included on them, which is great for wood framing. It makes things very easy on wood framing because you just punch your holes out and set it down. But for a steel frame, you want the connection to be more than just to the base plate of your framing to the trailer, but rather also the vertical studs. So there's a special hold down that we use every four feet, which ties down a big five eighths inch bolt down to the trailer, which um, connects the base plate and the vertical stud all to the trailer uh, with a with like twenty something screws to keep everything tight, and that's a true anchor for for about every four feet of the house. It's a lot easier when you do have that additional bit of steel on the outside flange of the trailer. Okay, so you just need a trailer that has that you know four or so inch flange on the outside so that you have that nice flat area to attach your your bolts that hold the system together. Correct. But just to mention it, that doesn't mean that you can't do it on the other trailers. The other trailers, it's totally doable and it's really not that big of an exercise, but you just want to keep in mind that you may have a little bit more of a hurdle when doing so. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. Does Volstruct sell trailers or do you work with trailer companies to make specialized trailers for your systems? No, we don't. You know, we're very much trailer agnostic. Um, uh, you know, we're happy to, to, to talk about different trailers and provide feedback where it's necessary, but ultimately we're happy to work with any, any reputable trailer out there. You know, um, we don't really like to be a part of it. It's hard to, I guess there's an aspect of understanding that if you go down the path of buying a utility trailer or a trailer off Craigslist that may not be a tiny house trailer, or it's from a company who's just getting started and just kind of threw something together or, you know, any of those things, we can't say, Hey, this is the easiest way to attach it. Cause we may not know. Um, but there's a lot of trailers that we're familiar with and, and we have dialogue with lots of the manufacturers. So if someone's interested in going a certain way, we can always talk with that manufacturer and make sure that the trailer will work specifically for their purpose. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the Volstruct prefabricated system because I know I've seen, you know, you bring these framed tiny houses to, you know, the tiny house festivals. I think at the Jamboree last summer, you printed a tiny house frame at the event so tell me about the design methodology and, and how it works. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> it's a really cool system. You know, um, it's actually the thing that got me into this industry was seeing this machine at work. It's such an amazing piece of technology. So, you know, what most people are familiar with, if, if you are familiar with steel framing, what you're probably going to be familiar with is one of two things. The commercial grade studs that you see at a big office building project or the studs you buy from Home Depot for lining your basement and uh, building out additions and things like that. Our material is very different from both of those. The first thing that you consider on those two other materials is that you're buying stock 
lengths of material and you're using tin snips or something similar to cut it down to the right size and apply them into a stud wall and then lift that wall up into place and continue on your way. Um, in steel, in, in Volstruck's steel framing system, it's very different. What you receive is already panelized. What that means is that in its simplest form, what you get is four wall panels and a roof panel. Um, all the studs are already assembled into their own panels and it's just as simple as putting them together yourself. So to run through how that all works, we start with whether it's a custom design of what, or one of our stock models, it all starts on a CAD design program that's on our computer. So we will draw the frame exactly how it's been specified by the customer, making sure that all the window openings and door openings are in the correct places and are the correct dimensions so that you're provided the rough opening dimension so that your window actually just slides right in. Um, once we get that verified and everything looks good, there's a 3D model that comes out of our CAD program that can be spun around and looked at and kind of just gives you a little bit better sense of the space and what it actually will feel like. And what's really cool is that same 3D model, we load it onto a flash drive and we take that flash drive over to the other side of our factory here and we plug it into our machine and basically press print. <clears throat> so what happens is we've got about a one ton coil of steel. It's sheet metal. So it's, it's 20 or 22 gauge, depending on the application, but it's simply just sheet metal in a big, massive coil. It's about seven and a half inches wide and it's structural grade galvanized steel. So we roll this through our machine, which first will punch out all of the necessary service holes and various tooling functions required for that specific stud inside of its panel. And then it will continue down and bend it into that C channel we were talking about earlier, dimple all of the screw holes so that everywhere that there's a frame to frame or a stud to plate connection, for instance, uh, both pieces are dimpled. So they click into place and the screw hole, the screw actually gets countersunk. So it's a flush surface. So we print out every single one of those studs, one right after another, after another, after another. So there's no scrap material between pieces. When one stud is complete, the next one has already been begun the process. Um, so our scrap comes out to being something about 2%, which is mainly all the punches, all of the negative space in the punches. So we produce all of the framing materials pieces and each single every single one gets a label printed on it so we know exactly where it goes inside of the system there in our factory we take those pieces and assemble them into the frame panels so what that means is we're able to provide a 25-year warranty with all of our panelized framing and uh it comes to you like i said before as four wall panels and a roof panel the idea being that you lift up two corner walls flush them together using only your fingertips screw them together with a drill and then continue around the perimeter of your house doing the same thing. No special tools required. You don't even need a tape measure to get this work done. Uh, you drop the roof on the same way, flush it up with your fingertips, screw it down, and then we get on to anchoring it down to the foundation. Wow. So basically, you receive these wall panels, and then I'm assuming since they're so much lighter, it doesn't take you know a huge crew of people to stand up a metal-framed wall? Yeah. I mean, so we, the, the frame panels, you know, I mentioned four, well, five panels total in its simplest form, but of course, as the houses get bigger, the panels have to get broken into smaller chunks, um, allowing for shipping and manipulating them around and picking them up. So we always make sure that we're breaking the panels to a sufficient weight that at least one or two people can manage each panel. 
Um, and then, yeah, the idea is you just lift them up. Uh, you know, you don't need a forklift or anything special to get those walls in place because they are, they're so much lighter weight. And our, our typical panel weight is, is under 200 pounds. Nice. So in terms of DIYing a metal frame, is that kind of as, as DIY as you go? Like, will you, will you ship me just the studs and let me put them together? Or is the kind of minimum that you are shipping a panelized wall? Yeah, the minimum is shipping the panelized wall. Um, we've had a lot of uh, we in early days we tried to ship out things in stud form and um, realized that ultimately it's it's more hassle and work than it's worth for both the customer and for for Volstruct. Um, you know, it it would it would create an entire new methodology of packing and shipping these things, as well as an instruction manual that would have to go with it to to tell you exactly where they go. Whereas in our factory here. They print out in order. So we basically are putting them in order into the stud wall. Um, there's just more efficiency involved in doing it that way. So no, we do not ship them as just studs. Okay. And how does the price compare to something like a wood framed wall? I mean, I'm sure it's more expensive than framing in wood, but of course there's the time savings involved in receiving the panelized wall. So how does how do the prices compare? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it's a tough one to kind of crack because when, when you're considering the differences, you know, a wood frame cost, you can consider, is that just the cost of a pallet of studs or are you considering the cost of the labor to cut all those studs and put them together as well? And is that going to be a wall that's built to the, to the right quality and, you know, the right headers and, and lumber is being used? So if we go down that path and we say that you plan to design and build a wood frame structure using, you know, quality lumber um, and a group of laborers to actually do the project for you. Uh, that cost will be about comparable to the cost of the steel frame. Now, consider a few things that you're gaining when you provide when you receive this panelized steel frame. Um, it's already put together. The precision is paramount. So, you're you're not worried about dealing with tolerances or, or bowing material or rain issues or any weather like that. You've also already got all of your services run and punched. Well, not run, but everything is punched out so that you don't have to go and spend the extra cost on someone's time to screw, to, to drill a hole through every single stud to run a wire and chase a wire. Um, that's all already done and taken care of. And so when you do a equal cost comparison, um, it's, it's fairly similar in cost. And what you're gaining is that the difference is you're not spending as much money on labor, you're spending it on a quality material. So um, in a wood frame, you're probably going to be spending something like 60% of the cost on the labor force and 30% on materials. Whereas a steel frame, it's about flipped. It's closer to about 60% on the material cost and then about 30% on the labor because it doesn't require skilled laborers. It's just people who know how to kind of hold a drill basically. Um, and so the, it, the cost is, is almost the same when you consider those aspects. Nice. And even if you are doing all the labor yourself, you know, you have to consider what that time is worth and what getting your tiny house done faster is worth. So certainly some, some time savings and some potentially some money savings as well. I know that you guys go to a lot of the tiny house festivals, so you know, if listeners go to a festival, they are likely to see a Volstruct 
uh, frame there. But for those who, you know, can't make it to a tiny house festival, um, where can people see your frames and your products in action? Yeah, we've actually uh, got a handful of television shows that are being aired kind of around this time frame. Um, there, there are a few that I still don't know the air dates of, but uh, we've got a Tiny House Nation episode, um, episode number 507. That one's going to be really cool. Uh, you know, I, I don't have much information for it yet, but that one's, it's, it's basically about a, a guy who lost his house in the fires in California and he plans to, and he basically responded, gave us a call because he wanted to build something as quickly as possible while he finishes his big house. Um, we've also got an episode of Texas Flip and Move under our belts, which is a really cool show that where they, uh, they take old broken down houses and, and take as much out of them as they can salvage and rebuild the house. Or in this case, they actually took that material and applied it to, one, to two of our steel frames to create tiny houses using reclaimed materials with a strong structural frame. Um, there's also a couple tiny house big leaving, or I'm sorry. So to give you the info on that Texas flip and move that's season nine, episode seven. Um, and then we've got tiny house, big living. There's actually two episodes that will be aired. Um, one is currently airing and the next one will be, uh, coming out in the next few weeks, I believe season seven, episode two, that's about a cool aerial yoga studio. Um, a, a woman approached us a few, about a year or so ago about doing a project where she could have nine people hanging from aerial yoga silks inside of a tiny house so that she could offer classes for doing aerial yoga in a tiny house. And uh, so structurally, that was a bit of a feat to allow, you know, a, a couple thousand pounds hanging from the roof to make sure that that could work. And it definitely worked and it was awesome. And so that's a new uh, business that's actually operating here in Austin. It's pretty sweet. And then Tiny House Big Living Season 8, Episode 6. That's about a uh, really cool high-tech guy that um, we met in Dallas who built his tiny house to be very high-tech. It's got, uh, you know, Alexa and all that home system. And and he's got like a touchscreen entry for his house and the cool windows that um, they they fog up when you press a button and things like that. And then, of course, please check out our Instagram, at Volstruct. Um, and, you know, the spelling, I'm sure, is in the title. But, uh, you know, that's that's a great place to see photos of what we've done. And, you know, we're always posting new stuff as it comes through. Nice. Well, that's, those are great. I, I can't wait to check them out. And I actually, I had one last question. When you mentioned the yoga studio, I kind of thought of it because it, it does sound like these metal frames can be used in places where it would be really impractical or even unsafe to use wood. Um, I know that the the method to no madness folks at the at the tiny house fest in March were were using uh, a Volstruct uh, frame for a roof deck on their schoolie. I was yeah. curious if you had any other really interesting kind of strange applications of of metal framing in tiny in the tiny world that you could share with us. Well, not just in the tiny world, but yeah. So just to quickly talk about that one. Um, they approached us about doing a rooftop deck for their school bus and we weren't exactly sure how it would be done, but we wanted to give it a try. So came up with something pretty cool. They've since finished it out. It's got solar panels and a, and a deck up there now and it, and it all works really great. That thing was awesome. Um, 
We're actually working on a truck camper right now. So the kind of camper that sits in the bed of a pickup truck. Um, oh, nice. And, and we'll see how that goes. Again, it's a little bit experiment experimentation, but I think we're going to get something really cool out of it. Um, we love the tiny businesses on wheels. It's a really cool niche. I think that the tiny house is a form factor and is, is being reevaluated for potential in, in business and other things like that. So we've actually got some really cool, uh, frames that are going across the country, you know, on the South, you know, all of the deep South through Florida to Austin, New Orleans and back. And, uh, that's, there's a crew K-R-E-W-E sunglasses store that travels across the country. Um, very cool. Looks like a New Orleans style shotgun house, but has a bunch of high-end sunglasses selling inside of it. Neat. Um, and they actually built a second one using our framing just at the beginning of this year that's sitting here in Austin off of South Congress, which is really cool. I get to see it you know, every, every week if I wanted to. Um, very cool architecture and design, and they've got a great concept. Um, of course, another thing to share, we've got the desk I'm sitting at talking to you from right now is built out of the steel framing. Um, all of our like saw tables and storage racks and our warehouse are built out of our framing. Um, we've got little decks and staircases and things like that. Pretty much if, if we can, if we realize there's a need for something and we know we can make it out of the, the machine, we will. Um, I'm actually in the market for a new bed platform and I'm, I'm trying to think up, dream up ideas on how to make a steel frame bed platform for my queen size bed. So we'll see how that goes. Nice. Well, that's cool. That actually brings up another topic that, that I didn't bring up before, which is the actual houses themselves. Can I come to you with, you know, my set of plans and sketch up and say, Hey, Volstruct, can you make this out of steel? Do you guys do that? Or do I have to choose like a prefab a house that has already been designed? No, that's a great question. So the easiest thing for a lot of people is to find one of our pre-designed models and begin making modifications to it. But if that doesn't fit your fancy or you've got a completely different dream in your head, we're happy to work with you on what you've got. Um, to date, we've probably done something in the neighborhood of 275 or more tiny house custom design projects for people. And, um, you know, that number continues to grow every day. And so custom design is our bread and butter. We're very good at it, but ultimately it's depending on the the speed with which you're trying to move. Sometimes it's a lot easier to go from something that's already there and just modify it. Um, but yeah, both are completely possible. Awesome. Well, Zach Siegler, thank you so much for your time today. This was really helpful. Absolutely. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much to Zach Sigler for being a guest on the show today. You can find the show notes and links from this episode at thetinyhouse.net slash Z-A-C, including links to the TV episodes that Volstruct framed tiny houses have been featured in, as well as links to Volstruct's website and some photos of their impressive tiny house builds. That's thetinyhouse.net slash Z-A-C. At the start of the show, I mentioned that I would tell you about my comprehensive resource, Tiny House Decisions. Now, this show is absolutely free, so you are in no way required to purchase anything. But if you are interested in designing, planning, or building your own tiny house, I think that it is worth your while to give Tiny House Decisions a try. 
Tiny House Decisions is the guide I wish I had when I built my tiny house, and it comes in three different packages to help you get a jump start on your planning. Save hundreds of hours of research and thousands of dollars on your build with Tiny House Decisions. You can learn more at thetinyhouse.net slash THD. We're offering a special discount for podcast listeners. Use the coupon code TINY to take 20% off any package. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD, coupon code TINY for 20% off. That's all, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.